this is your life. Like this is not a test run. This is it. So where you are right now in your life, are you happy? What's shaking? Welcome back to All In. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. And my guest today is the best-selling author of Joy of Business and Getting Out of Debt Joyfully. There's a third book too, which we're really going to talk about today. Relationship. Are you sure you want one? I'm excited to talk about this. She's also a self-made millionaire and business development manager of Access Consciousness and founder of Joy of Business. Simone, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. I'm excited to have you here today because this is a hot topic, right? You know, coming out of last year, relationships and, you know, all the COVID divorcing that's happening. It's, it's big. You know, where have you seen the data trending? Do you know, I think I've seen the data trending in both ways. It's like there's some people who have created a really great relationship and really gotten to know their partner and then others who are like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what did <laughs> like, I do? I need to get out. <laughs> so I've seen both ways. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's fantastic. How did you decide to do what you're doing now? <laughs> well, uh, well, essentially the three books that, that I've written are based on access consciousness tools. So, And I've worked with access consciousness for about 20 years and it, you know what, my whole life, Rick, I always, I looked around the world and was like, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something different than the trauma and drama and the, the I don't know, like that, mm. the, the stories that people want to live by. And I would look out at the earth and go, there's got to be something else. So when I met Gary Douglas, the founder of Access Consciousness, I was like, that's it. I had created a, a business beforehand called Good Vibes For You. And my whole desire was how do we change the way people look at the world? So, you know, here we are 20 years later and I've always had a joy of business. So, hence I wrote the book, Joy of Business. I created myself to be an absolute financial mess at, at one stage. Uh, so, I created Getting Out of Debt Joyfully. And then my, my ex-partner um, co-wrote the book, Relationship, Are You Sure You Want One, with me. And we broke up the relationship just as we were launching it, we, which gave our PR agent a slight heart attack. But we were like, don't worry, we've got this, you know. <laughs> we had all these TV bookings and everything in America. And she's going, no. So, <laughs> so you not. wrote the book with someone you were in a relationship with and the relationship yeah. ended right as you were releasing the book. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, but you know what, Rick? I, I, I mean, that book has so many great tools yeah. in it if you try to create a really good relationship. But also the thing that I see so many people do is when they break up a relationship, they make it really hard, whereas it, it should be something that, to me, it should be something where you look at someone, you just spend all these years together and you go, you know what, I've had so much fun. I'm so grateful for you, but have we done what we were meant to do together? Like, is it time to change? Is it time to choose something different? And I mean, it wasn't the easiest breakup in the world, but it definitely wasn't hard. So we use the tools of access as well to break up the relationship. We're still friends. We work together and, and here we are. <laughs> wow. I really love how you phrase that too, because it's, you know, have we done what we're meant to do together? And that's an okay thing. It's a, how do you know when you get to that point? So that's probably a really loaded question, right? <laughs> Well, it is, but do you know what? Essentially, Rick, I think you know. Like, you know. 
you know when you like I know for myself I used to travel a lot and used to travel a lot hence been home since March 2020 now <laughs> locked up in this beautiful you know Australia's like a big detention center you're not allowed in or out so anyway I've been home and I used to travel a lot and I'd noticed when I would leave and if Brendan wasn't coming with me you know we looked at it, it was like one week was really fun to be away from each other two week was doable three weeks you're like mm, okay what can we change here but when you would come home and you'd be so excited to see that person, or even if you've been out all day, you know, when you walk in the house and you're like, yes, they're home. And that moment where you drive home and they're home and you go, ah, oh, I think that's the moment that you start realizing that maybe you would like something a little bit different. Cause I still really liked Brendan and he really liked me, but the creating like that creation, we call it creationship yeah. is literally the definition of relationship means the distance between two things. So we say we want to create a great relationship. What you're, what you're asking for is this distance. So we, you know, termed the, um, the phrase creationship instead of relationship and we stopped creating it. And I think when you stop creating a relationship, that's when you might want to ask a few questions and maybe see if you're done. Wow. And I really appreciate how you phrase it too, in, in the way that it doesn't have to be this really sad thing. You know, of course, there's sadness that's involved in it, but it doesn't have to be a hard thing. No, it doesn't. And uh, and I I uh, I mean, Rick, I'm sure you're the same. It's like the you know the people that you've you know your friends and family, etc. And over the years, people you surround yourself by, someone always seems to create this havoc to break up a relationship. Mm. And like we refer to in our book. It's like, what if you could actually just have a, you know, a, a glass or maybe a bottle of champagne <laughs> and be like, you know what? let's celebrate what we had. And at one point when we were breaking up the relationship, Brendan and I said, we actually took a bottle of wine out, out onto our veranda and we went, let's just talk about everything that's up. And the interesting thing was we were both sort of had this energy of willing to go to World War Three to sort of say what wasn't working. And we had one of the best conversations we'd ever had our whole entire relationship because we were willing just to go, hey, here's what's up for me. And it was like, it doesn't mean that, because so many people do this thing and saying, here's what's up for me, you need to change. And it's like, it's not, you can't do that in a relationship. You can't try and get someone to change. And I'm allowed to say this because I'm a woman. But so many women do this thing where they get into a relationship and then they decide that they're going to change their partner. And one of the things I always say, you want to train someone, get a puppy. It's like, like you, you met this man and it's like, you liked him when you saw him. What if you allow him to be him and not try and change him? Relationship is not about going, hmm, this is a good template, but you know, <laughs> if I just work a bit, I can change it. Like if he wants to change, great. If he doesn't, great. You've got to be okay with the person in front of you. Yeah. And it sounds like there's a point too, to where it's okay to not be okay with that person in front of you anymore. And you're, okay. you're talking about change, you know, that's the unrealistic expectation of that person to change over time. You know, but what if they do change over time? You know, they, they were themselves, but now they're, they're growing themselves or whatever. And they're, they're, their likes, their dislikes have shifted and morphed over a time period as they start to develop even maturity in life, you know, through their yeah. 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, you know, 60s, 70s. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to say, hopefully you can embrace that. Um, and allow that person to change as much as they would like to change as well. I mean, 
for me, Rick, it was really in- interesting. I've never actually been, you know, um, interested in marriage and, you know, I was born and bred a Catholic and stopped going to church at 16 sort of thing. But the whole marriage thing to me was like, I don't get how I can look at somebody else and say, I know I want to be with you in 50 years time. I can wake up tomorrow and say, Hey, this is great. I want to be with you today or one year, 10 year, whatever. But yeah. Make that sort of commitment because it was like, I didn't know what I would like to be doing in 50 years' time. And to me, if you create a great relationship, it should be about that place where you allow that person to to choose what they want to choose. Like, for example, at one stage with Brendan and myself, he had a, um, a child. So, I had a stepson and we had this house in Australia. And I said to him, I think I want to go live in Europe for a while, like just six months. And he looked at me and he goes, will you still contribute to the mortgage? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, but, you know, you and Nash could come over in the holidays or something. And I, I think he didn't say you can't go because we've got X, Y, Z. He was like, hey, if you feel like you need to do that, then go. And I actually didn't go. But the the fact that there was no restriction yeah. like, allowed me so much choice to explore what it is that I actually truly desired to to choose. And I think that's really important in a relationship. Like, I mean, we were such different people as well. It was at one stage, um, he was a tradesman, yeah. um, a pilot, and he hated it. So I said to him, why don't you stop working for a while? You know, I've got this. I've, you know, I'm earning enough money that, you know, you're living at my house. We can, we can work this out. Give yourself some space to figure out what it is you want to do. And at the beginning, <laughs> he would like, sit on the couch and watch TV and have a few beers, et cetera, and was just depressed. And I was like, Okay, but I'm very creative in the morning and I'd wake up and I'd be all creative and happy. And by day three, he looked at me and he said, Simone, he went, will you stop being so happy? He said, do you know how hard it is to be depressed when you live with someone who's happy? And I looked at him and went, are you kidding me? And we both cracked up laughing and it was like, no. But that's like what I'd like to people to get with that is don't stop being you, but you don't choose for you by choosing against it's like be you and it invites the other person to be all of them, no matter what it is. Because I was in total allowance. I'm like, dude, if you want to lie on the couch for three days and watch TV and drink beer, that's okay with me, but I'm going to keep creating, you know. Interesting. It sounds like a lot of relationships will start to fail when you have unrealistic expectations from what you're saying. And it's almost like you're trying to fit them into a mold or something like that, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, but I get also it's not... I want to say it's not our fault because this reality has so entrained you of what next, you know, yeah, I mean, if you look yeah. at history, it's like marriage was originally for wealth to create wealth, you know, and then over the years and it's been through religion, etc., And then it's, you know, and then it's the next move, you know, years ago, God, if you were like 24 or 25, you were an old maid if you weren't married. So you had to, you know, get married, have kids, do all of that. And now I'm actually really grateful there seems to be a lot more choice. It's not, um, and I want to say it's not right to be in a relationship and it's also not right to be single. I see this and I did that myself too, the righteousness of being in a relationship and then the righteousness of being single. And I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> what, if I, what if it was all just a choice? You know, it's like it's give yourself some freedom to choose what works for you today, you know, and uh, yeah, it's like don't succumb to, the rules and regulations of this reality and the judgment of this reality of what they say you should be doing. It's like, I would like everyone to know that they have choice and what would you like to choose? 
Yeah, for sure. When w- one person in a relationship says, hey, I need some space, you know, does that mean that the other partner did something wrong? Or how do you take that as the re- on the receiving end of that? Yeah, that's a really, um, that's a really big topic. And, and I know, I mean, one of the things I, I talk about in the book as well is man cave is a real thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, men and, men and women process things really different. It's like a woman likes to just talk a lot and she'll just talk it out. And the poor guy's going, what have I got to do? What have I got to fix? What have I got to change? And she's like, I just want to talk about this, you know? So first of all, if a man can get that, just pour her a glass of wine or do whatever, make her a tea, whatever you want to do and just listen, right? But then a man will quite often, you know, and, and I know I'm generalizing and sometimes a man functions like a woman and a woman functions like a man, but Generally, it's like a man will like to do play video games, you know, have a somewhere in the house or somewhere that they go or a sport that they do or, you know, read a book or watch a, watch a sport on TV or something that they process on their own. And I know so many people take it personally. My suggestion is if your partner requires that space, say to them, hey, you know what, is, is everything okay? They'll usually say, yep, you know, and then say, is there anything I can do or be for you? And then just say, hey, I'm here if you need me, and then leave them alone. It's like you need to, you need to leave the other person alone. And I was actually talking to a friend of mine today, and he's, um, he lives in South Africa, and he met his partner, like, basically working on Zoom, modern-day 2020 relationship. You know? Hey, I think I saw yeah, a commercial no. about <laughs> that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I didn't even have the chance to sort of go, hey, you want to spend the weekend, you know, or spend the night? He goes, we just moved in together. And he said, I realized we were doing everything together. So I started asking questions by going, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Can I get you anything? And I was like, that's brilliant because it's not about, you know, hey, I'm going. I don't want you to come with me because this is like that resistance. It's just mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to go for a run. I'll see you later or whatever it is. It's like allow the other person to have space and it's definitely not personal. Don't take it personally. Wow, there's probably a lot of stories that can be created in those moments too that are just untrue. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, and people hate this tool that I talk about it, but I'll mention it. <laughs> it is one of, the, one of the ways to create a great conscious relationship is to make everything about the other person. And it's not the easiest thing to do. And I remember at one point, you know, we, I live across the road from the beach and I was cranky at Brandon and I, I don't even remember what about, you know, but I wanted everything to be about me. And I went to the beach and I'm walking on the beach and then this friend of mine, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access, rang me and he said, hey, what's up? And I was like, well, this, blah, 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 you know, and he said, you need to go home and make everything about Brandon. I was like, that's not what I want to do. And he said, try it. And I was like, every other tool he's given me is work. So, okay, I'll do this. And I walked into the house and I just started making everything about him. And within 10 minutes, he was like, what would you like me to make you for dinner? Sit down. Can I get you a drink? Can I do it? And I was like, wow. And I was like, this really worked. Because so often we have this like push-pull energy. But if you actually be available for the other person and make it about them, they'll end up being like this level of gratitude that they end up making it about you as well. You cannot have an expectation, of course. But it's like that is one of the tools that we talk about of creating a conscious relationship. Make it about the other person. Stop yeah. trying to make it about you. That's fantastic. I love the, how that tool sounds. And still at the that's at a point, you and Brendan, I'm saying his name right, right? Brendan? Yeah. So at a point yeah. you both made a choice to say that this is not for me anymore. 
even with everything yeah. amazing that you put into place along the way, because <laughs> it sounds yeah. fantastic. Everything sounds amazing. I know. Yeah. I know. You know how many people have gone, so when are you getting back together? And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything you're telling me is like, wow, this sounds like this, this is great. You know, is this real life that it could actually happen this way? But still, at some point, you got to where it was. And I love the celebration that you had, too, to say, hey, let's celebrate all the, all the amazing times that we had. But that was where you were, uh, can we unpack this? Because there was a phrase you said that you were both re like ready to go to World War III over all yeah. the issues that you each had. How did you overcome that initial you know, defensive posture to just move into that celebration of separation? Uh, okay, so that, I'm going to say that was probably not the easiest conversation, but it showed up as one of the greatest Uh there was some really like vulnerable moments because I, I, I had this like awareness and I knew he wasn't cheating on me, but I also had this awareness that he wanted to and I knew who with and it was a mutual friend of ours. And so I was like, and I hadn't spoken about it, but can I just say again, when you know something, you know, okay, don't disavow your knowing. And so that was one of the things I brought up. I was like, you know, have you, have you slept with her? And he was, no. And I actually believe to this day that, that he hadn't slept with her while we were together. But he, that's his girlfriend now. So, they're together now. <laughs> so, which is is fine. Like, I'm, I, I was the one who had to process so many of our friends on it. And I was like, I'm good, you know. But but some something like that, it's like because I brought it up and I was like, hey, like, have you, have you slept with her or what's, you know, what's going on? And so, he got immediately defensive about it as well. And but I was like, I just... Like I don't, I don't desire to live in a relationship where that sort of stuff is going on. It doesn't work for me. I know that there's people who have open relationships, etc. I, for me personally, and I think it should be a personal choice. If someone that you're with is actually starting to look somewhere else that to have sex, then maybe the relationship isn't working the way you would like it to. Because you know, it's like like every day. You know, I would wake up and it was like, who do I want to have sex with today? Oh, Brendan, you know, which I was grateful for. If I started looking elsewhere, then I would, I would myself personally, I would start to question what I was doing in the relationship. So that's me. And I know that there's a lot of different points of view out there. And the one thing I would say is go with what works for you. Don't try and live by somebody else's, you know, um, theory. That's, that's what works for me. So that was when we laid that on the table and... And we sort of started talking about it and he he was sort of admitting, like, I mean, he gets on so well with her friends and, you know, we sort of broke that down and, and was like, okay. So, you know, and and he actually did his, <laughs> sounds so funny, but he's a nice guy. He's, um, but he did lie about it. He looked to me then and, and I get he was just, he cared about me too and I know I'm justifying but later on, some stuff came up that that I found out about and I spoke to him. It was a couple months later and I spoke to him and I said to him, you know what, I can't trust you anymore. And he said, yeah, you can. He said, you can trust that I'm I'm going to lie. And he said that I'm being an asshole. And I was like, good point. And it was so freeing oh. as well because, but, but I mean, we are great friends now and I'm great friends with her as well. And to look at that, because so many people, I definitely, I'm, one of those women who just love men, I think they're wonderful. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know, ah, but it Aww. has gotten me into like, because, 
I mean, at one stage, my friend said to me, you need to stop adoring men because you put them on this pedestal. And I know the same thing can happen with men and, and women, right? And so I could see no wrong. Whereas you can have a much greater friendship relationship if you can receive everything that they are. And when I had decided, well, Brendan is wonderful, he's, you know, near perfection, et cetera, then, then you sort of get slapped in the face when something else shows up. And that's, I think that's unkind and unfair to him as well, to not, to allow him to choose what he chooses. Do you know what I mean? Does yeah. that make sense? No, no doubt. No doubt. I, I'm hearing you say too, that, you know, living by your own expectations rather than everybody else around you too. Cause I, yeah. I'm sure you, you probably had, you, you know, your publicist was one person, but you come out with a relationship book and that you're writing with a partner. And then after that point you separate right as the book's being released. And it's like, well then where's the validity in this? But it's awesome because I'm having the conversation with you and I get it. I completely get everything yeah. that you're talking about, you know, but that's, that's bravery too that I see in that you just did it because you needed to, you know, both of you needed yeah. to in that moment too. How was how that well, dealing with the judgment of everybody else around you? Uh, well, it became very um, paramount that we were, you could see the bond that we had no matter what as well. Cause we were actually in America and we had all these TV shows booked, but then the whole idea of the title of the book is relationship. Are you sure you want one? And the whole idea is we wanted people yeah. to question, not to just assume. Because I see so many people go, oh, they've got a great relationship. They've been together for 42 years. And I'm like, what makes 42 years great? Like someone can have a great relationship for one year or 50 years, but don't determine great by the longevity. Like I had a great relationship with Brendan. And so we actually did uh, Fox um, TV in Austin and one in Houston within two days of each other and there was one interviewer who just wanted to like drive this, uh, you know, wedge between Brendan and I and it was really cool because you could see that that wasn't going to occur. Like we still liked each other. And then the other interview, she was just like, oh, my God, you guys are amazing that you're actually still here and hanging out and you can, you can genuinely see that you are fond of each other and we are. And to me it's like if you choose to be with someone for that long, um, then why would you dismiss the like that that bond, that friendship, that everything that, that you can have? So For sure. There's a lot of good things that can be preserved from relationships too, I would think. And that friendship yeah. would definitely be one of them. Yeah. Well, and we we actually built a lot of um we built a lot of wealth together, I'm going to say. And, you know, the, we, we did those things of going, okay, so let's, you know, 50-50 or I actually did the cranky, I'm taking everything for like 48 <laughs> hours. I did. I did the drama, you know. And then, but it was like two days and I went, God, that feels like shit. And I was like, uh, that's not what I want to do, you know. So then we sat down and we went, all right, we what do we want to choose here? And so we're still, it's like a, a couple of years later and we're still unraveling some things so that it creates greater and doesn't create less. Mm, yeah. Because, well, when you spend time with somebody and you build something, I mean, how long were you guys together? Um, eight years. Eight years. Yeah, that took an amount of time. Of course, you built a, up some things, probably some assets or whatever. I'm not trying to get into the logistics of things, but yeah. even probably emotional ties to some of those things, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yes. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we did was um, a friend of ours said when we broke up, he said, I want you to write down three things 
that you are asking for, like of each other. And as soon as he said it, I went, oh, does that mean like who gets the house, who gets the silver, who yeah. gets this? You know? And I really sat with it. I was in Costa Rica at the time and I, I went for this run and then came back and I went, oh, number one on my list was friendship. I actually don't want to lose the friendship. And it was when we actually started talking about it, number one on his list was also friendship. <laughs> so, And I'm not saying every relationship can be like that. Um, every relationship is different. Every person is different. So you've got to choose what works for you. And that's, that's essentially what I talk about with all my books and, and all of Access Consciousness is, you know, if you're choosing your reality, what are you going to choose? Whether it's finance, business, relationship, sex, you know, all of that. It's like, what, what works for you? So yeah. we, you know, sort of looked at. For sure. Good. There's this pandemic divorce. We started talking about this, right? Is there anything that you would say? Because I mean, it's a, I guess it's a little different scenarios. You know, like you said in Australia, you can't get in, you can't get out of the country. But if someone's on the brink of a pandemic divorce right now, because this is out there, what suggestions do you have for them to, to take? You know, what actions should they take? Either direction, really. You know, staying yeah. or or separating. Well, I think you need to work out. Like, I mean, you. Again, you know if you're happy or not. So if you're not happy, it's like then my first suggestion is take a moment, like take some space and write down at least eight things that you would need to change in order to make the relationship work. Now, these eight things are for you, just for you, just for fun. Don't tell anyone. It's not like you bring this list to your partner and say, right, I've written down eight things that you need to change. It's not that. It's like if you write down these eight things and, and look at each one and go, oh, so is this actually possible? Like, is this one possible? Is this one possible? And if it's not possible, then you might want to start looking at having that conversation of, again, have we done what we were meant to do together? Like it doesn't have to be this, you know, kicking and screaming. And, you know, one of the books that we started to write and we, we haven't quite got there is Breaking Up is Easy-ish. <laughs> <laughs> I love that title too. That's great. I know. Simone, I know. you are titling my next book, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we'll see. But it's because it's, it's, you just got to know what it is that works for you. And, you know, one of the things I always mention, Rick, is this is your life. Like, this is not a test run. This is it. So, where you are right now in your life, are you happy? And if you're not happy, then what would you have to change in order to create happy for you? And, you know, start to look at that. I mean, when I came home from, uh, you know, March 2020, I was in Europe and came home really quickly and then was sitting at home going, okay, what do I do now? You know, I was used to traveling 10 months of the year for like the last 17 years. And so I sat down and I actually wrote down like these topics for myself and I wrote down business, money, relationships, sex, body, and geographical. And I wrote down all these topics because I was like, what is it that I actually desire with all of this? Uh, and because also so many people put business and money together and it's not true. Business mm, is business, yeah. money is money. And then they put sex and relationships together and that's not true. Sex is sex and relationship is relationship. So, you know, because I was like, do I actually desire another relationship? And I was like, I didn't think I do. I like aspects of it. I enjoy sex. So then how do you ask for that, but not this, you know, or what do I want to create with my wealth? What do I want to create with my body? 
you know, and then I was questioning, where do I want to live? Like I'm in Australia right now. It's like, you know, do I want to live there? And I just started writing. Every time I something would ping, I'd write it down and then go, okay, so what would it take for this to show up? But my reality, not based on somebody else. It's like, what's my reality with all of this? So if you're with someone, it's like, what if you wrote this down and see if, if it's fulfilled you know, with this person. Um, I mean, so here's another tool that I would say with relationships. If you're going to create a great relationship, make sure they're good in bed. They contribute. Um, hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> they, Duh. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> they contribute financially in some way. And that could just be even one person's earning more money, but the other person is, you know, is contributing in the household or something, you know, make sure they contribute. And number three is, let the other person do whatever the hell they want and make sure that they're letting you do whatever you want. Like a relationship shouldn't be about something that ties you down. It, it, to me, if you're going to choose to be in a relationship, what if it created at least 20 times more being with somebody than being, you know, on your own? Wow. It should be in your life. Now let's break those down. How do you define good and bad? No. <laughs> Well, Rick, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you do have another book coming out this year, right? How to Master the Art of Intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. Did you like that segue? Now you're finally my books, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So let's, let's talk about that for a second then. Because one of the things that comes up a lot with the classes that I do, I do a lot of classes called Relationship Done Different. And of course, you know, sex comes up in that. And a running theme is that people don't know how to ask for what it is that they want in bed. And it's funny because especially when they've been in a relationship for a while, it's like, I don't know, somewhere they have the point of view that if they actually ask for what they want, their partner's going to go, oh, my God, you know, that's so perverted or that's so whatever or it's too vanilla or it's whatever. And it's like, what if you just tried that out and went, you know what, hey, I wouldn't mind trying this, but you've got to be okay if your partner doesn't desire to try it. Or say, you know, when could we? Or, you know, it's like play with what's possible. Yeah, interesting. I like it. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to buy that book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Why not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? I mean, so, it's like God, our bodies, are, it's like, you know, our bodies, our bodies like to be touched. Our bodies like sex. And it's one of those topics that when people talk about it, everyone goes, oh, hopefully we're not going to, you know, she's not looking at me, is she? And it's like, yeah, I am. And it's like, like, what do you like in bed? What do you like? What, what is fun for you? And it's like, start exploring it. It's not wrong. It doesn't have to be this hidden thing. And it's like, you know, have a look around. It's like, see what would work for you. Play. Go yeah. to a sex shop. It's right like, on. you know. Yeah, for sure. Wow, we've come everywhere. We didn't even talk about business at all, did we? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great conversation so far. It's been a, no, really, I think <laughs> I really feel like everything that you have is going to help a lot of people. And I say that extremely sincerely because it's it's. Stay, I'm hearing a lot of themes and it's, you know, as long as somebody fulfills that list, you know, the, the, those eight things that you're talking about, it's okay to stay, but then it's also okay to leave, you know, and but that's the yeah. point is that both of them are okay yeah. because it has to do with what's right for you. Yeah. And if you, but if you write that, that list down, those eight things, and then you go, okay, so can this person 
you know, be this or do this? And if you get a no and go, is that okay for me? Because you might find that that list of eight, you end up going, you know what? I actually don't really care about this anyway. So it's all about giving you clarity so that you have awareness of what, what you can choose. Yeah. The other thing that really jumped out at me too, because I've heard people say this before, you know, it's like, oh, I have to drive around the block 10 times before I go home. Yeah, I remember you saying that at the beginning <laughs> because I, I just have to get up the courage to walk through my door. I've had friends say this to me before and it's like, I think there's something up with that. Yeah. 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 I think there is too. And but I think so many people are trying to get relationship right, Rick. Um, I mean, I saw this comedian one day. Um, uh, I think it was Jim Jeffries, actually. He's Australian, but he lives in America. And and he was talking about how, you know, this guy's at the pub and he's having a, a drink with his mate. And he's like, oh, I've got to go. You know, the missus is at home. <laughs> and his friend just looks at him and goes, you're a CEO. You're 50 years old. Like you're, you know, you're really successful, but you've got to go home. You can't have another drink because the missus is going to do something. And the way you put it, it was just brilliant because you're like, that shows the insanity. I mean, it could be a choice. Hey, I just want to have one drink because I want to go home and, and see my wife. Yeah, yeah. Not because you're going to get in trouble, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great. You're a CEO. You're 50. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. Simone, where yeah. can everybody buy your books? Um, you can buy them on Amazon, you know, Booktopia, all those places as well. And you can go to simonemillises.com and find a lot of information of things that I do and also accessconsciousness.com too. That's fantastic. And when your new book comes out, because Master the Art of Intimacy is not out yet, correct? <laughs> it's not out, Rick. Awesome. And it's going to be dedicated for you. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> I'm doing okay. <laughs> but uh, I would love to invite you back on when that comes out and we'll have, that, we'll have a good discussion around that too. But thank okay, you for Sam. being on today. <laughs> Thank you. What's shaking? Thank you for joining me on the All In Podcast. Click the subscribe button and smash that bell for notifications. Text me, 312-535-8520. Follow me on social media, at Mr. Rick Jordan. See you next episode. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message.